At about 15 minutes and 45 seconds, there is a uncomfortable racial slur. And if you want to skip around it, that's your choice. I don't blame you. Uh, I explained my stance in the episode as well, but I'll put it here. I choose not to cherry pick uh, slurs and other very controversial statements by people in history because if they were reckless enough to say it, and believe me, they knew better at the time, uh, then they deserve to be remembered as the monsters they were. So, uh, again, that's the 15-minute mark. Enjoy. to the Cock and Bull podcast where each week my older brother and I discuss a shockingly unbelievable story with true characters. I think that one was closer this time. I think that it was, was closer. Actually, that was pretty close. That was pretty good. I, I'm impressed. Nathan, strap in. 1863. Always. Woo! Dearborn, Michigan. No! Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Bail. It only gets worse from here. Yeah, uh-huh, you say that. The uh, the 1800s and early, late 1800s, early 1900s in, in, in the Midwest, nothing ends well. Civil Absolutely War nothing. Midwest, really. Yeah, it doesn't get better. No. Henry Ford. Fuck you! You, Henry god F- damn it! Fuck Henry it, I knew, F- god damn it! Oh, strap, fuck, god damn it! Henry Ford damn was it. born to William and Mary Ford, and he was their first surviving son. Why didn't this one die too? As the American War raged on, uh, Henry grew up hard at work on the family farm. You just, as the American War raged on? Yeah, I think I left out the civil part in the script. (laughs) I think I I left out that part. Are you talking about the Spanish-American War? I'm definitely talking about the Civil War, I think. Definitely missed that part. The Civil War? Yeah, that was goofy. The Civil War? Yes. 1863, Civil War. I see what you're doing here. We're on the same page here. Henry grew up hard at work on the family farm and hated every single fucking second of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry's escape from his backbreaking chores came in two things, school and tinkering. Mm-hmm. Like like a little like a little gnome making steampunk gadgets. Him and Edison, nothing wrong with tinkering. Nothing goes uh, wrong with this. Good people come out of tinkering. He liked to take things apart and reassemble them. Uh, he was popular in his neighborhood uh, for being the, like, eight-year-old kid that would take apart your watch and fix it. And, like, so all of the neighbors lined up outside of his bedroom and would, like, just get their watches fixed for free. Why would you not, like, why is your watch breaking that much? How bad are you with watches? Why do you need this? You know what? That's a good question. I don't know why everyone's such an irresponsible watch owner. Like, how many, like, even if the whole neighborhood came down, like, we, like, are they breaking them, like, daily? What is happening? I think they're kind of doing it just for show now. Now they're breaking them so they can, like, watch him in action. It's entertainment, really. That's, God, we've got to invent the internet. The reassembling part, by the way, is what distinguishes him from every other eight-year-old, you know? I was about to say, yeah, I can take shit apart. Like, I can break stuff. I'm good at that. We were all good at that part. Now, in 1876, when Henry was 12, his mother died in childbirth, like almost half of all women since the dawn of time. Yep. Now, this spun him into a bit of disarray, uh, but he found fixation to cope with it. Uh, Shortly after her death, he witnessed his very first machine, 
a giant tractor that pulled itself through the fields automatically. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he saw that, and that changed his life forever. Some people, uh, perhaps talking out of their asses, think that he became obsessed with mechanical engineering based on this, but I would argue he was already taking apart watches for fun. He was clearly a nerd. Nerd! He left the farm at 16, thank God for him, and headed off to an apprenticeship to a mechanic at a shipbuilding firm in Detroit. D Detroit! Known for their fine ships! While he worked as an understudy, uh, he learned as much as he could on steam engines, everything from their design to their operation. Now, he was married by 1888, and he had a son by 1893. It was in 1890, though, that he made it on as an engineer at the Detroit Edison Company. Speak of the devil. Hey, look at that. Assholes in, find a way. Yeah, and in, they kind of conglomerate is their thing. And in 1893, uh, he was named chief engineer. It was around this time that he was actually on call 24 hours a day because he was the dude solely responsible for keeping Detroit's electricity up and running. Seems like that should be more than a one-man job. Doesn't it? Kind of seems like see there'd be a few more names attached to that, but nope. Couple, like a squad, maybe. Like, a, like Maybe a, a squad. Team. No, it builds character if you're the one dude. If you're, if you're mean, you fucking could, Thor of Detroit. You could at least do, like, duos on this shit. Like, I, I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> do a little tradesies. Maybe one guy gets to sleep for 12 hours. Love his dear wife. Now, um, instead, it was, it was just him, but it was, it was after six years of that nonstop clockwork that he was encouraged by Thomas Edison himself to pursue a little bit of a dream that, uh, that Henry had. Now, this is where Henry starts getting inspired to reinvent the horse-drawn carriage. Uh, specifically, he was after building the horseless horse-drawn carriage. Well, I mean, that now, a, a horseless horse-drawn carriage? Wouldn't that just be uh -huh. a carriage? It'd be a drawn carriage, yes. Now, Ford, yes, built the Model T and set the course of the civilized world as we know it. Uh, he was directly responsible for engineering the first car and the assembly line, both of which have completely set the standard for first world industry. That much is undeniable. I mean, we can deny a whole... Hold, hold on now. Okay. <laughs> Tackle me. <laughs> we Come on. We, we can deny all sorts of things about that sentence. Uh, okay, go for it. Thing, I'm pretty sure the automobile might be one of the worst thing this ever happened to society. I didn't say it was good. I said he did it, and it shaped the okay. world as we know it. That fun path towards burning in in the hellfires that we're on right now. It, it had both positives and negatives. It's hard to argue that it didn't revolutionize human history, being able to, oh, to travel great distances. But it's also fucking killing the planet, and he's kind of the uh, Otis of that, if you will. So yep. that's not what we're here to talk about. Any of that, really. Oh! Instead, I want to talk about Ford in the 20s. By this really? point, his, his assembly lines were pushing countless cars into the U.S., and Ford was one of the richest men alive. So what did he do with that money? Nazi shit? That's not even the tip of the iceberg. Nathan, I know this is very much not our genre, but try your best. Name three country artists. Best of the best, or just whoever comes to your mind. Johnny Cash. Okay. Two more. Um, Toby <laughs> Keith. Okay. Where were you on 9-11? <laughs> I need a third. I don't even know if that was him, but third. I don't even know if that's him. Uh, Keith Urban. Gotcha. That might have been the guy for 9-11. I don't know. I don't know. I think no, those two might no, have been I the same Keith guy. Keith Urban's the one that's married to Nicole Kim. He's the Australian one that sings country music, and it's weird. Okay, now name three black country artists. Hootie. From Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay. Uh, I'll take it. Sure. 
Nelly when he does songs with Florida Georgia Line occasionally now because that's the thing I'm, he does. I'm gonna I'm gonna need another one. I'm gonna need, I'm not gonna accept that answer. No, that's about it. I'm, I'm out. I, I I thought this would that would that would seem kind of incongruous as most country music kind of seems like the the yearnful yearnings of someone with a Confederate flag up in their house somewhere. Listener, before you get your list together, I know there are black country artists out there. Um, I found a few true blue country artists from as early as the 50s, actually, and a few that tried to get their career off in the 30s but had a significant amount of difficulty. It's not a stretch to say that country is a dominantly white genre and that black artists have had a very hard time uh, getting careers off the ground, especially at country's origin, which country's origin as a kind of commercial successfully, you know, genre. Uh, that was around the 20s when it kind of started taking off. All right, I could buy that. You're starting to get, you got that Cowboys and Indian Z vibe. That's yeah. starting to get nostalgic for that time period. That, yeah. I see the twanging taking off there. No, I was just asking if you're going to tell me that Henry Ford was the first black country artist, and I'm getting confused as to where this diversion is taking <laughs> Okay, so like I said, not a lot of black artists, and I think there's some easy leaps of logic to be made as to why that is. Mostly, you racism. know, something, something, racism. Woeful, and, persistent, <laughs> systemic racism. Specifically, Southern racism. And and maybe you'd be right, but I didn't open the story with a dude from Alabama. We're talking about Henry no. Ford. And that man's anti-Semitic, not racist. There's a whole different, there's a whole different thing here. Yeah, so again, I ask, what was he doing with that cash? To call Henry Ford a racist just off the cuff is too easy. He was born in the 1860s, and you can say that about just about anybody. Ford, in fact, paid his black employees an equal wage as white workers, which was bold for the time. But there's a kicker. All right, all right, get me back on the hate Henry Ford trade, because that sounds like a pretty decent thing to do at the time. Yeah, it is. But not all that glitters is gold. Henry Ford, ever the shaper of nations, noticed the rise of jazz culture. This is the Roaring Twenties, after all. Uh Uh-oh. Oh dear! Oh god! Okay, Let's, folks were oh fuck! It's been coded fun. language, coded uh, language. Folks were were out on the town swinging and driving to this this new fast paced soundtrack that set off the Roaring Twenties. Uh, oh, Ford fuck. was terrified of that. He had an intense, <laughs> horrible, intense hatred for jazz. Um, oh my god! It's reefer madness. It's fucking reefer madness, guys. It, Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea how much... All right, get ready for the quote. He had an... It's... Really, I can't say Ford hated jazz better than this quote from him. How how do you hate a genre... How are you terrified of a genre of music? I say that to all old white people that are terrified of rap, but... Many people have wondered whence come the waves upon waves of musical slush that invade decent homes and set the young people of this generation imitating the drivel of morons. Popular music is a Jewish monopoly. Jazz, ah, there it is! Jazz Welcome is aboard! A, jazz is a Jewish creation. The yes. mush, slush, the sly suggestion, the abandoned sensuousness of sliding notes are of Jewish origin. Stop! Back up! <laughs> one more, one more again? Monkey one more again, talk? Please. Monkey no, talk. No, no, no. I wanted the sensuous slide. I wanted the insinuation that a trombone is somehow a sexy Jewish conspiracy. Please. (laughs) Please. The mush slush, the shy suggestion, the abandoned sensuousness of sliding notes are of Jewish origin. Uh Uh-huh. Because when I think Jews, I think 
sexy atonal jazz riffs. I don't fucking what the fuck mambo is going number on five. Here? Lou Bega, Jewish conspiracy. I don't think mambo number five is a jazz song. It's more eh. like Calypso big band, if anything. Monkey talk, jungle squeals, grunts and squeaks, and gasps suggestive of calf love are camouflaged by a few feverish <laughs> notes and admitted in homes where the thing itself oh. unaided by scanned music. Holy shit. This is holy fuck. This, uh, so this is, he seems to be like merging like the dog whistle African-American racism with the anti-Semitism. Like this is a whole nother level. This is he like hybrid fusion racism, and it's it's spectacular to watch. We got we got the the chocolate mixed with the peanut butter, and it's making delicious cuckoo nuts. So it is. This is holy. This is the Reese's peanut butter cup of racism. But wait, there's another stanza. The flowering. Oh my God! Stop the it, flu- Henry. The fluttering music sheets disclose expressions taken directly from the cesspools of modern capitals to be made the daily slang, the thoughtlessly hummed remarks of schoolboys and girls. So in this the twenties, 20s- name is on like twenty percent of your cars, people. In the twenties, Henry poured an obscene amount of advertising dollars into country music, all as a retaliation for how much he hated jazz. This he is endlessly promoted country music first rap. Endlessly promoted fiddle contests and square dances all over the country, uh, especially to his employees, uh, which he saw as more traditional and wholesome forms of entertainment. Henry Ford had a ninety nine point one Joy FM sticker on the back of his fucking car, and he can he can suck all the bag of dicks. Yes, Henry Ford dumped so much money into country music advertising that it's. Kind of the kickstart that made it so damn successful. Commercially, that is. It's also the reason that it's so whitewashed. Because its roots were a fucking response to the black jazz movement. And if I was for... I, again, jazz... Like you've got Louis Armstrong. You've got all sorts of... Freak, everything cool came... Like, Everything about the 20s and jazz and all of that was like... Whatever the, the coolest part of that culture you could imagine was all came from jazz no Mm -hmm. one thinks back to no one's like oh yes that country music renaissance of the 20s oh lordy (laughs) yes get down to the fiddle contest yeehaw we all remember that part of the great gatsby when fucking (laughs) nick nick is hanging out nick and jay are are talking over the fiddle contest hanging out in his barn no it was a mansion and there was jazz and a lot of booze they're not you don't hear you know what country music cigarettes are Skull. Skull. <laughs> Jazz cigarettes. Now we're getting high. Lucifer's That's lettuce, bullshit. as it were. But of course, by this point, Henry Ford had already bought out the Dearborn Independent and had turned the publication into <laughs> a ye olde ancestor of InfoWars and Breitbart. How, how is, is, was the irony lost on anyone that the Dearborn Independent was just a propaganda rag for Henry Ford? Like a proto-Ben Shapiro, he'd frequently dab on the libtards by publishing super intellectual articles like giving credence to a long-since-debunked book about Jews starting World War I, which was written by Russia's propaganda teams and nobody credible. It also made the rounds, uh, dropping such hot terms and opinions from Ford, calling Prohibition-era whiskey, quote, nigger gin, 
and calling jazz, quote, Yiddish moron music. Was there a thing that I just completely missed out where, like, jazz was the soundtrack to Hanukkah? Like, what the fuck did I miss? When, when was this a thing that I didn't get? Take anything that was disliked, and someone will say the Jews did it. I think we've said it before, but I'm not going to cherry-pick slurs, because if that person was awful enough to say it, which, believe me, they knew better at the time... <laughs> then you're going to have to remember it because they're fucking monsters yeah. and they need to be remembered as such. Um, yeah, and this disgusting newspaper made the rounds. Like, he got picked up across the world, including Germany, where uh -huh. Hitler, Hitler was so inspired uh -huh. by his model of the successful American man uh, that he even went so far as to include Ford by name in Mein Kampf. Uh-huh. Yeah, Hitler had a big old boner for Henry. Yep. He actually kept a framed picture of Henry Ford on his desk. Right next to the framed picture of his alligator. And Hitler used the Dearborn Independent and Henry Ford as like a giant touting point. Like, nope, we're not crazy. Look at this very successful man. He believes it. Look at this article. They believe it. Yeah. No, Henry Ford so kind of fueled Hitler's uh, God complex. Literally just every fucking right-wing psychopath's justification for, well, but uh, Jeff Bezos read my book and thinks I'm a genius, so this must be true. Fortunately, after eight years of printing, a libel suit brought it all down. Uh, and that's not to Woo! say that the, the trial actually had legal consequence for Ford, though, um, because Henry couldn't make it to testify because he had been in a car accident that week. <laughs> Irony. Irony. Uh, but when the case looked surefire, uh, a reporter went and interviewed one of the jurors, which sent the whole thing down as mistrial. God damn it. Fucking reporters. Uh, wait, uh, a, a journal, a reporter from the, uh, is it from the Dearborn Independent from the paper? No, it's from something else. Ah, well then there's an asshole. Yeah. Ford, however, recognized that this douchebaggery was now in the limelight and that he had to publicly retract his anti-Semitic views to keep a decent image. So. Yeah, yeah, no, this is definitely the uh, the PR PR spin time time to time to pretend like you're not a horrible human being. Henry's hatred for Jews remained a semi-private affair. I mean, uh, how quiet can you really be about it when in 1938 yeah. Hitler's mailing you an actual fucking medal for hating Jews? Yay! Yep, that happened. Henry died in April of 1947, and his grandson Good. Henry Ford II took over the company. His darling boy, uh, despite all odds, was actually a far better person who would devote lifelong efforts to supporting the Jewish American people. He also paved the way for the Ford Philanthropy Projects, which, again, another good legacy to leave behind. And, to cap it all off, the Ford Motor Company's president is Jewish. Because fuck you, Henry. I mean, that, that is, that does seem to be a very good, like, how... <laughs> That has got to be kind of hard, though. Like, how how do you show up to a corporation who was founded by a dude that literally hated you? Out of, uh, out of spite? Like, if you resurrected Ford right now, he would shoot you on sight and think he could get away with it. Oh, I also forgot to mention, uh, Henry Ford, I think, ran for president. Was it president or state representative, something like that? Absolutely sounds like something a rich asshole who thinks he's better than everybody else would do. Yeah, somebody, it was, the, and the thing is, somebody told him to do it, like, people were like, oh, Henry, you're such a fucking megalomaniac rich man, you should, you should run for such and such, and he said, uh, yeah, I'll do it, I'm not gonna spend any of my own money on it, though. So, oh, without so, spending, so like Trump. yeah, without, without spending a single fucking dollar of advertising money, he did manage to be runner-up by, like, 400 votes, or, like, 4,000, something really, really close. Yeah. Yeah, so again, starting a long, long legacy of... Uh, he ran for senator in 1918. 
Uh, yeah. 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 Go. He can go fuck himself. He he can go fuck himself. Giant fucking monster. Uh, This has been the Cock and Bull Podcast. We thank you for listening to it. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoy making it. It's always a delight. Always a delight. You can check us out every Wednesday, except for the days you can't because we're liars and we run late often. You can leave us a review on iTunes. That's always appreciated. It's really helping us out. And uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, If you just look up Cock and Bull Facebook, you'll find us. Uh, We're the one with the podcast. It's the same logo as the thing you're listening to right now. Shouldn't be hard for you to find. It shouldn't be. Look at that. Look at that. Now look at your computer. Now look at that. Now look at your computer. You can do this. I believe you can do it. You're smart. We believe in you. Pat's on the back. And when you get to us, you can shoot us a topic suggestion. It would be dearly appreciated. Maybe a little story about a wacky douche from your hometown. Maybe a story about a a kick-ass badass that you've read about that, that maybe people don't know about. Anything helps, honestly. All right. Uh Uh-huh. All right. You can catch us next week. We love you dearly. Bye-bye.